Hey folks, this is Joe Public. You've tuned in to the Public Record here on Radio Nope. I'm back, back in the saddle, as I said, in my socials media. Ah, uh, you know, the trials and tribulations of a middle-aged radio personality. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's what I am. <laughs> Anyway, not doing a theme. You know what? I'm honestly relieved to be out of the 1991 thing that I was doing for October, and I'm glad it was only two shows because it was actually kind of painful for me. Uh, I learned some things. Um, One of them is that I really don't like the music of the early 90s at all. I just, I just don't. I mean, I mean, actually, that's not true. The music, I'm not going to say the music. I don't like rock music from the early 90s. That, yeah, yeah. That's fair. I don't like rock music from the early 90s. I'm okay with hip-hop, and I'm okay with electronica, and I'm okay with, uh, you know, all kinds of other stuff that came out around that time, but I'm also not knowledgeable enough about any of it to actually string together a month's worth of radio shows. So, in a way, I'm relieved. I'm relieved that I didn't have to do that, that I only had to do two. But I'm back, and I'm, I'm, I'm winging things which should not be wung tonight. I'm Actually, I'm not winging it that much. Um, I did do some trolling through stuff, and, and I was listening, just listening to the show previously and going, yeah, I dig. I dig Brian Eno, too. And so I decided, you know what? Let's start off with some Brian Eno. This is Third Uncle. Oh, it's so great.
Look, if you can find a better radio station out there, we highly suggest you listen to it. But you won't. Radio Note.
That's Stevie Wright with Evie, part one. I need to look up part two. I've played that song before, and and I've said that probably before. I need to look up part two. That's Stevie Wright with Evie, part one. For that, Orleans with Stoned. The song sort of speaks for itself. You don't really need to wonder what it's about. It's about being stoned. Yeah. The 70s, woo! Um, before that, the Dwight Twilley band with Feeling in the Dark, and Brian Eno started us off with Third Uncle. Because he did. I am Joe Public. You are listening to The Public Record here on Radio Nope. It is Tuesday night. It is the 2nd of November. How the living crap did it end up November? Like, I feel like I just turned around and it's November. Like, it was... I was facing over here, and it was February. And now I'm... I've turned, and what? It It's November? How, how does this happen? <sighs> 
and it's funny it's like the, the like those moments where time seems to just jet by and yet i have had so many work days in the last month where it felt like the day was never going to end like i was never going to get to quitting time quitting time was not coming i was just going to be sitting in my chair at my computer for the entire day and that's actually the secret of why like sometimes I'm not here, and you get reruns. You get reruns because I've had enough of this chair. <laughs> it's, it's basically what it comes down to. Uh, I thought about, I actually need to like, and I, okay, the longtime listeners will be aware of the fact that I move stuff around in my studio all the time, my office slash studio. I'm constantly reconfiguring it, and I did that um, the middle of October. I did it again um, because I had this great, you know, one of the things I do in here, apart from doing this radio show and doing my job, um, is I make music. I record songs and, and produce stuff. And I had been using this very nice pair of JBL speakers that I had. They were, they were quite nice for the price point and their functionality. Um, but they were a little... In, in terms of headroom, they were a little lacking, and in terms of clearness and definition, they were lacking a lot. And I had, sitting in the garage, this lovely pair of KRK Rocket 5 monitors, and I hadn't put them in here because I couldn't figure out how to make them fit. You know, I have a limited amount of space to work with, and I was like, ah, how am I going to make this fit? And so I tore the whole thing down. I just dismantled. I came in here on a Saturday, and I just, I took everything away from my workspace like it just was a clean slate nothing but the desk and I said okay what has to go in here first like I'm what am I trying to get here and what I'm trying to get in here are these these monitors so I set them positioned them and I said okay now I'll build everything else around that and so far so good um with the exception of I'm not that thrilled with where this microphone that I use is positioned so uh, I'm going to have to fiddle with that. Almost did it earlier tonight, and then I realized, you know what? I am going to get it like halfway to where I want it to be, and it's going to be two minutes to seven, and I'm going to have a complete coronary and end up doing the show holding the mic in my hand, which is terrible. That's a bad, bad thing to do. So I have thought, though, I should reconfigure this so that I can actually stand while I'm doing this show. Um probably be better for me considering I sit in this chair for like a kajillion hours a day. <sighs> yeah, listen to me complain about being gainfully employed. Sorry about that, folks. <sighs> Deep breaths. All right, I'm going to put on some more music. I'm going to go get myself a beer. And you know, that's a wonderful thing about being on like uh, a streaming radio or just generally being in the 21st century. Um, if you were in a broadcast air studio and you mentioned that you were drinking on the air, you could cost your station a license. Seriously. FCC could, like, if somebody heard that, filed a complaint, FCC researched it, find out. You could lose your broadcast license, um, and the station could, could lose theirs too. So, so trust me, back when I was doing actual radio DJing, we never did that. But I do it here. I am going to get myself a beer, um, and I'm going to play some more music. And I, you know what? Sometimes the world just requires that you play the dictators. It's as simple as that. So that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. 
Oh man, I love this song. And you will too. Radio Nope.
So you can, if you connect the dots here between the last song of my, my last set there and the song I started the show off with, um, it's headphone music. It's headphone rock. And I've talked about that dozens of times on this show that I love headphone music. I love the experience of the, of like laying back, closing your eyes and you can, you can hear the music move around you. And, um, Eno was great at that. He was great at it. Roxy music was great at it. And you don't, but you don't run into it that often with punk bands. Most punk rock is pretty straightforward. You know, it's, 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 if you're trying to visualize it in like, uh, visualize the sound in a physical sense, it's all right in front of you. Everything's in front of you and it just comes splat right at you or sort of like crunch right at you. And, um, the Buzzcocks, though, in the later era of the Buzzcocks, you know, they, they let their, their influences dictate how their record sounded and worked with their producers in order to be able to do kind of more interesting stuff. And so that song, Something's Gone Wrong Again, has got clear callbacks to uh, Brian Eno and Third Uncle right there. So one of the reasons I played it, also because I just love that song, uh, have since I was like 13 years old. Uh, Saints before that with a minor aversion, uh, the Clash with I Fought the Law, and the Dictators started us off with Who Will Save Rock and Roll. Funny thing, my my dumb little pub, uh, I was going to say pub rock band, but my dumb little bar band that I play in, um, we have a we have a gig coming up. Um, we have not been playing out in uh, public places. Um, other than one place that, uh, that we did play up in Petaluma that was, uh, outdoors. Um, it, mostly all we've done is, is just, uh, private parties. And so we're doing another private party. It's a retirement party for, um, somebody who's a fan of the band and asked us to, to play for them and is, is, and is in fact paying us. Um, and we're, so we're throwing some stuff in there cause it's more of a party show kind of thing. And, um, out of nowhere, the rest of the band is like, oh, we got to do, uh, should I stay or should I go? I'm like, okay, easy song for everybody but the bass player. Thanks, guys. Um, I went, fine, you're going to make me do this? I get to sing it. So I get to sing a song. I haven't sung lead on a song with this band forever, um, mainly because I'm not a very good singer. But, you know, Mick Jones of The Clash, I, I, can, I, I think I got that one. Um, yeah, I'm all about the reedy guys that sound like, you know, they've got one vocal cord that's just vibrating in agony through the song. <laughs> this is why I learned how to play the guitar and the bass and other stuff, because the instrument that I was born with is not particularly adept at um, creating music. It does okay with talking. Words. I can do words. I can do words with this instrument, but not not so much the uh, the singing part. Anyway, I'm Joe Public. You're listening to the Public Record Tuesday night, November second. <sighs> so I, I I was watching the um, the Braves and uh, Astros World Series game uh, earlier kind of taking a break between work and doing this show and I'm watching and I'm like, no, eh, nothing's happened. Nothing. Oh, wow. Jorge Soler. Wow. Um, if you're not into baseball, okay. 
you probably can at least appreciate the fact that hitting a baseball a really long way is kind of an impressive athletic feat. I mean, you're hitting a round ball with a round bat. That's hard. The round ball that's traveling at, you know, upwards of 90, 95 miles an hour and moves while it's coming at you. Um, and I don't mean like moves towards you. I mean like moves side to side, up and down. It curves and dips and does all that kind of, it, it's nuts. And you hit it. And if and then to be able to hit it in such a way that it goes flying hundreds and hundreds of feet is kind of incredible. Jorge Soler hit one tonight that went out of the ballpark in Houston, like over the back wall, behind the seats, like way out. As Chris Berman would say, back, 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 gone. Um, it was impressive. So I actually don't care who wins this game. I'm not, not a fan of the Braves. Um, I can't stand the Astros. I don't really care who wins this series. Either one I'm not happy with. Um, but, you know, that was cool. That was fun. That was a cool thing to see. So there I, ha- I have my World Series moment for this year, uh, in spite of the fact that I don't care about either, either team. <sighs> and then I just climb into a little hole and I wait and for for the spring to come and baseball season to come back. Actually, I've gotten into um, Premier League and Bundesliga soccer in the last few years, and so so there's that. My life is not bereft of joy. <laughs> so I went kind of down a punk rock rabbit hole earlier this week, and so that's what I'm subjecting you to, and um, this is a particularly great one. This is The Dicks. <laughs> Yeah, no, I never had 
And that's the newly inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame group, the Go-Go's, with speeding. Long overdue. They literally waited 15 years after they were eligible. And the absurdity of this... Okay, you know, fine. So many people just, like, think of, oh, the Go-Go's, yeah, they were just a pop band. No, the Go-Go's were the first all-girl rock and roll band who wrote their own songs, played all their own instruments and had a number one album. So, nah, not just another pop band. And they were and they were a great live band, just an amazing. I saw them several times um back in my youth and uh they were they were incredible. And if you haven't seen the documentary about them, uh, I I strongly recommend it cuz you will learn a lot um and then also be angry at all of the men that you know. <laughs> As well, you should be. Honestly, just, yeah. Before the Go-Go's, Fugazi with Give Me the Cure and the Stranglers did Straighten Out. Ramones, Bop Till You Drop. The Stooges with TVI. Uh, some great screaming in that. Thanks, Egg. And the Dicks with Rich Daddy to start us off. I'm Joe Public. You're listening to The Public Record here on Radio Nope. Um, it's amazing how, when you, like, do the punk rock thing and the power pop thing and, you know, whatnot that I've been doing tonight, how many songs you play in an hour. It's just, it's amazing. Um, as compared to some of the shows that I've done recently where there were much longer songs, you know, like if something here tops out at four minutes, it's a, it's a, it's an epic. It's a, it's a rock opera. A four minute song on this show tonight is a rock opera. Uh, cause I mean, that last one I played was two minutes and eight seconds. Didn't need to be longer. I'm I'm all in favor of the uh, get in, get out, get it done school of rock and roll. All in favor of that. <sighs> and with that, I actually I'm going to go back into some more music. Um, something a little slightly different from what I was doing, but not all that different. This is shocking blue. <laughs>
Radio Nope.
And that is Mr. Elton. Actually, I should say Sir Elton John with All the Girls Love Alice. You know, it's one of those funny things. Okay, so Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. It's, it's a great album and everything. But I have a tendency to forget that all the songs that didn't get played on the radio are just as good as all the songs that got played on the radio. So so uh, that's, what I, that's what I was uh, thinking when I played that one. And then I talked before the break in the last break, I should say, um, about how everything I was playing was so short and how anything over four minutes was going to be an epic. So then I play, (laughs) 
a five and a half minute song by sea level called that's your secret smooth and uh, uh like an eight minute song by oliver nelson called skull session instrumental also smooth uh shocking blue did love machine to start that set off i am joe public you are listening to the public record here on a tuesday night on radio nope uh, I get into this thing though when I'm talking on a microphone. I have I have to resist the urge to do mic talking, right? Like I have my normal voice, and you know, and this this funny thing with DJs. DJs either have their normal voice or they have their DJ voice, and um, I I definitely have my DJ voice. I have a have a tendency to like go way deep. Um, I used to love it. We had. Um, at the radio station college, we had these these really cool old broadcast mics, and you didn't need a windscreen for them because um, it was built in. And uh, this guy, one of the faculty guys at the station, taught me this trick where if you if you stick the mic, like the body of the microphone, on your um, on your cheek, like right around the cheekbone, and you talk, it like lowers the timbre of your voice, and and you you get that Venus flytrap thing going on. And so, I like to get really close to the mic, and I like to kind of do that. I can't really do that with the mic that I have. It's a condenser mic, and if I touch it, it will sound like somebody is scratching at your window. Um, but you know, anyway, DJ radio guy tricks. Now now you know. Now you know how it's done. Like, it's not that all of those people have these, like, amazing, like, resonant low voices. Like, you know, DJs are not all very white, right? Like, the, like even the women, like, a classic thing was the women, and then we were always named Dusty Rhodes, right? The women DJs in the, in the 70s and 80s, all of whom were called Dusty Rhodes, um, like, had these, these, like, really low resonant voices, which were kind of, you know, not typical for women. Um, it was a trick. It's like, it was literally like putting the, the mic on the face when, you, when you're talking, and it just drops that low register. It gets that, that like, low resonant vibration from the cheekbone going into the microphone. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> I got more music to play. Um, so it was funny in the chat talking about, you know, hating, uh, liking things ironically and hating things ironically. So it, it seemed appropriate that I would play this song because it's that's what this is all about. It's all about just, you know, enjoying the hatred. <laughs> We'll spend another loving evening 
Can't be, but you and me in a world that's real. 
parts of love and a packet of crisps, please. Two parts of love and a packet of crisps, please. Two parts of love and a packet of crisps, please. That's a pickled onions and a little bit of cheese, please. Thank you.
That's the infamous Dr. Feelgood with Roxette. <sighs> yes, and before that, the very difficult to pronounce, splodgeness abounds. Splodgeness abounds. With two pints of a locker and a packet of crisps. Two pints of a locker, a packet of crisps. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. People, like, I know all kinds of musicians. I've known musicians pretty much my whole life. I've known people trying to compose music, trying to write songs, lyrics, all that kind of stuff. And, and, I, and I do it. And, and lyric writing is terrifying to me. Absolutely terrifying to the point I'm so intimidated by it I don't even try. And then I realize, wait a minute, Splodgeness Bounds wrote a song where all the lyrics are two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please. I I think we make too big of a deal out of this. You know, catchy is catchy. <laughs> you know, just like pick, pick a bunch of words and string them together and call it a song. I, I mean, honestly, I mean, great lyrics are great lyrics. Like they can be poetry. They can be amazing and they can, they can transform your world. But also if you got a really good song and you're struggling trying to come up with lyrics, well, I don't know read the spines of the books near you or something. I, you could you could do worse. You could do worse. X with motel room in my bed. Uh, speaking of poetry. Oh my God. John Doe and Xine lyrics. It, even the songs by X that I don't really like the song. I listen to the lyrics and I go, Oh my God, that broke my heart. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Before that dead Kennedy's with buzz bomb. And Bad Religion with A Walk. Um, back, back, back in the day, uh, running joke between myself and guys in the punk rock band that I was in had to do with that particular song and how irritated that we all were at how simple the lyrics were. I'm going for a walk. I'm telling you, you just don't need to sweat it. And then speaking of uh, sweating things... Mr. T experience with the we hate all the same things, which is basically a statement about Generation X. It's not that we like each other. It's not that we have anything in common or anything that we want to do. We don't have a great mission. Don't want to save the world. Don't think it's worth saving. Uh, we just hate all the same things. Yeah. Also got to give props to any song that like sticks in the middle of the in the middle of the lyrics. The, the German word Weltschmerz. And, and as if that's not cool enough, like dubs over with like a monster voice going, Weltschmerz. <laughs> and if you're not familiar with the term, it's one of those German words that doesn't really translate into English. You can kind of approximate it. And it means world pain. And, and the idea, I mean, it translates into world pain. And the idea of it is that you, you are... In, you are suffering at such a level that you are carrying all the pain of the world. Vetschmerz. World pain. It's, it's a wonder. Like Ger German people can think these things up and then like get up in the morning and go to work. That's, that's the amazing thing to me. It's not that they think these great philosophical ideas up or have thought great philosophical ideas up. It's they've thought about them. They become a part of their culture and then they just continue making widgets and selling them to the rest of the world. And they're like, yeah, it's all pointless. We don't care, but please buy our stuff because beer. 
Anyway, beer and pretzels. Like, yeah, we need money for beer and pretzels. That's the... <laughs> the Germans have decided. So there's no point. Yet there is beer. I am Joe Public. You are listening to the Public Record on Radio Nope. And this is the part of the show where I start getting blinky. Because I've been up since like 5.30 this morning. Ugh. That's 5.30 Pacific time for those of you out there on the not left coast. Um, yeah, that's that's my life. I, I get up at too damn early o'clock. <sighs> yep. I moved my microphone around. Like I'm, I was talking about this earlier. Like uh, I can't leave crap alone, right? I can't just set stuff up and say, this is how things are set up in my studio. I have to go, wait a minute. What if I did this? So I moved the mic around and I'm noticing a tonal difference. I'm going to listen back to the show. Yes, I listen back to my own shows because I want to know what I did right, what I did wrong. That's what you do. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to learn from your mistakes. I'm going to listen back to the show and I'm going to hear the tonal difference and be so mad at myself. Either because I should have done this all along or because this is a dumbass way to have the microphone. I'm going to move it back the way it was. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Pop will save us now. Just 
Which internet radio station has the guts to break all the rules of radio and put a plosive P at the end of their name? Radio Nope.
That's alternative TV. Ah, the live version of Action Time and Vision. For that, we heard The Inmates with their cover of Dirty Water, uh, a song originally recorded by a Boston band, Boston garage rock band called The Standells. Uh, and the Dirty Water they were referring to in The Standells version was uh, the Charles River in Boston that separates Boston and Cambridge. Um, and in... Uh, the inmates world, they just made it the Thames. Um, cause you know, dirty rivers are a thing. Um, before that, the flesh tones with uh, special guest, Lenny K doing coming home baby, which is a Mel Torme tune. It's actually a great Mel Torme tune. Um, Mel Torme's version has lyrics, has singing. I think I've played it. I may have played it before on my show. If not, I may have to do that. Uh, but yeah, it's a great song. It's a cool tune. Mel Torme has got to call it a tune. And The Knack with Frustrated. Kind of sums up, um, I don't know. I like The Knack. Uh, unabashedly, admittedly, you know, when nobody else does. Nobody's supposed to like them. You're allowed to like my Sharona. Like if you're of a certain age or you're at a wedding. Um but you're not supposed to like the knack and I like the knack. And so you can go, you know, kick rocks because, and that record is so filthy. Like, ah, there's just no song on there. That's not naughty. And I kind of admire that. I admire the fact that like a gajillion teenagers bought that record because of my Sharona. And then it was like, what, what's he singing about? Um, <laughs> they were the two live crew of their day. Uh, <laughs> Not quite. Anyway, I've been Joe Public. You have been listening to the Public Record. I got like one song I'm going to squeeze in here and then I'm out. And hopefully I'll be back next week. Hopefully the world does not conspire against me. Maybe I will figure out the position of the microphone that I would like to have. it. Actually, I'm kind of digging this right now. It's not my preferred orientation, but I'm kind of digging it. It's kind of working for me. I hope you folks have a nice week. I hope everybody stays safe and healthy and, uh, you know, go Braves. Uh, not that I care, but at least it's not the Astros. Uh, your, your 2021 World Series champion, Atlanta Braves. Ugh. <laughs> that's, that's the Dodgers fan here just saying, ugh. All righty. I'm out. Here's some Mata Hoople. Some sound effects. A lot of sound effects at the beginning of this song. I hadn't realized that. What the heck is he doing? Oh, here's the music. See you next week.
Music Radio. Radio Nope.